1: Oh, and welcome
0: to Broads and Books. I'm Erin, and I'm Amy, and this is episode number fifty-nine. I'm still standing. I'm still standing. What song, is I, it, Erin?
1: It's by Elton John. Why do you like that song, Erin? Well, a couple reasons. One, it's been in my head a lot because it's Mason's favorite song right now.
0: Really, it's Mason's it, song.
1: Huh. Yeah, like he the knows video all. Th- too, or has he seen it? I don't know if he's seen the video. He okay. just really likes. He wants it on all the time in the I car. Know. He knows all the words. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's been in my head, but I also felt like it was really appropriate for this week because we we're going to spend some time talking about how our reading habits have changed during quarantine, during pandemic, and how different that has felt for both of us because yeah. it's been very different than our normal. And it feels a little like survivor-esque, like, okay, I'm coming back. I can do this. Like, <laughs> I can read again. All
0: right, coronavirus, you thought you knocked me down? No. Yeah. No. i can no. I mean, coming back I can do this yeah that's the most important thing right now I mean yes for us yes yeah I don't want to lose that part of myself right and I think we've talked about this a little bit in the last couple episodes that we've recorded via zoom because you know we're obviously thinking it's very different that we're not sitting across from each other but there's so much else that's different too um you know how how would you describe how your reading has changed
1: Oh, man. I You know, it was very strange. Like early on, I remember having the thought, okay, I'm going to be able to read, like my to be read pile is going to get so small. It's going to be great, you know, and you're not distracted by new stuff at the library because you can't go. So, okay, wonderful. But the truth is that I, for quite a long time in the beginning, I just, my attention span was yeah. terrible. I could mm-hmm. not... Focus long enough to get into a book. And I think it was, you know, underlying anxiety and feeling like everything was different every day. And it felt like my brain just didn't have the capacity to house another story or house another point of view.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It almost feels like your body is saying like, I can't handle this right now. Like I've got a lot of other stuff. Like your brain is working overtime trying to handle all the scary news and, and everything. And and dealing with this threat that it perceives to itself. So your brain's just like, I got I to gotta focus on other things, man. You can't focus yes. on this great fiction book that you just opened up. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I will
1: say maybe it's starting to slowly come back, but it's still different. The things yeah. I'm picking are different, which is why we wanted to do this theme. We thought we'd share some of the stuff that is getting us back into reading yeah. or, you know, is helping us take steps to feeling more like ourselves in yeah. that respect.
0: Definitely. How do you how think... Have- Oh, sorry. Oh, I think we were going to ask each other the same thing. Do you think there's been a, a time in your life that you remember struggling with reading like this before? You know, I, I don't specifically... Yeah outside of
1: maybe college, but I think it was something different. Like in college my reading life was so different because I was only reading what was assigned. Yes. And I didn't have the capacity to really read more on top of that. Mm-hmm. So I felt like that whole college years I missed like all the best sellers and all the Me new too. great new fiction yes. that was out because I was so busy, you know, in the literature of what I was being assigned that I just I kinda like couldn't read in my normal way.
0: Yes. Yeah, I feel the same way, like in college, definitely. And then uh, when I was in grad school, too, it felt even more because it was like, you're devoting so much time thinking very critically to either some pieces of work or some pieces of writing. And reading wasn't as much of a joy anymore. It felt more like something I had to check off my checklist.
1: You know?
0: Yeah, But other than that too, like, I feel like maybe major moments of upheaval in your life. Like I remember a really devastating breakup many years ago where so much of my life changed and nothing felt quite normal. And I, I don't think I read much during that time either. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's just when you don't have the capacity to, I mean, for people, I think reading is an emotional experience. And I think some people don't realize that. And so having the emotional ability to connect with a character or to get into a story or to take on more information is something that sometimes we're just not capable of. And when there's all this other kind of stuff going on
0: around us. So it's a great way to describe it, but it is, it is an emotional experience. And we're just, we have too many emotions going on right now and we just can't, yeah, we can't handle a fake character's emotion.
1: Yes, exactly. And you would think it would—it's something that we love, so you would expect it to bring you comfort. But it's not something—it's not the same kind of comfort that you find, you know, in other things. So, yeah.
0: and you, you know, you know it's, we we have discovered that it's not just us. We've talked to other people, you know? um, friends of ours, and and family, and. Uh, I, I know personally, even in my book club, um, mm-hmm. there, a lot of us are struggling, but at the same time, there are some people who are, this is a perfect time and they feel more able to read at this yes. time. So, you know, yeah. beautiful people I want to learn from. I, I don't understand how yes. that's That's great. Good
1: for them. I say yes. get it. How do you think that this is going to change like the publishing world overall, like the reading publishing world?
0: I I would say that maybe a couple things. One, maybe we're a little more receptive to independent bookstores now. Um, part oh. of that being, you know, right now we're kind of in the mode, or at least I see on social media and and among friends and everything, we're we're feeling like we want to support local businesses. We want to help keep people's Jobs open and places of business open. Um, So maybe, and and I've seen a lot of independent bookstores that I follow um, doing special promotions and having curbside pickup and stuff like that. So maybe that's a little more, uh, it's going to be a little more front of mind for some people, you know, having Mm -hmm. local bookstores. At least I'm crossing my fingers that that's the case. I wonder too if people now during this time are taking advantage of some of libraries' digital content and maybe that will continue after this quarantine. like Maybe they'll understand um, the the insanely huge value of libraries, both their uh, digital books, hardcover books, like everything that they have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that in terms of independent bookstores, but that's very valid is, you know, people that really love those and are supporting those don't want to see anything, you know, kind of like local restaurants. They don't want to see anything happen where they take a backslide or they can't come back from this. And so I I hope that that's, yeah. Yeah. It's very
0: precarious anyway for any small business, but especially Mm -hmm. a lot of independent bookstores. So I, I, that maybe is a prediction. Maybe it's a hope. I don't know. But do do you have any thoughts for how this will affect us later? Yeah, I mean,
1: I think that it's making people think outside the box in terms of marketing and reaching people. Um, I think that that's something that is probably going to continue to be that way. You know, how can we use some of these mediums? Not that we don't want some of the face-to-face stuff, not that it's still not going to be great to go see that author in person, but maybe there's some more ways to connect with people all over without, um, you know... 'Cause some authors that we love, we know they didn't go on book tours because that they weren't big enough or the publisher didn't expect them to be that big, so they didn't support that, you know. And this might be something that makes some of those books that are so great that struggle to get some of the attention because they don't have a big name behind them, it might even that playing field a little bit and great point. Yeah. 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 Make people be a little more interested in hearing that and paying attention to that. So I've also heard things which could be interesting that, you know, there's some part of the publishing world that Tends to be a little bit stuck in the past. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people say, you know, maybe this is the time that they'll move away from paper galleys and they'll get on the electronic boat, you know, more so. Or maybe they'll move away from feeling like they have to support a brick and mortar location mm-hmm. and getting more employees that are all over that can contribute to marketing all over.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: it might open up some of those thoughts about what a company looks like.
0: Hmm. So it could be a painful process, but maybe also like one that might sustain us in the future too.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah.
0: Well, Erin, sure. I've got um, one final question for you. Uh, yeah. What's a reading habit that other people have that you can't stand in best or worst times?
1: Okay. I, this is one I'll just never understand. I don't care what you do to your books. Your books are yours. If you want to write them, full in the pages, whatever. Reading the last page, do you know Hello. people that do this? I don't get it. What nope. are you doing? Nope. What are you doing? Uh-huh. There's no way I could do that, and that would not be
0: in my head for the rest of the book. Yes. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, I was reading, do you remember the uh, collection of books North and South? Um, no, John oh shoot, I don't even remember the name, but it was this like very like trade paperback, like you know, there was lots of sex scenes, and I was a teenager, and I loved it. but um, there was one <laughs> moment where I was like, because fl- I think at that time I had a sort of a habit of looking towards the end. And I was flipping through the book and just kind of seeing like, oh, you know, 50 pages ahead, what, see- what happens? And one of the main characters died on that page. And I was devastated. So I think I learned my lesson from then on to never look yeah, at it. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. Plus, I think that how
1: just as important as the first sentence of a book is, I think how an author chooses to end their book is also very important. And I feel like it takes something away. Like you can't understand those final sentences without understanding how you got there. Yes. So that's why I don't, I just can't get on board with it. What about you? Is there something that
0: you don't like? We've talked about how I want to hurt you sometimes because you have yeah. the binding of yep. books mm-hmm. and you really enjoy that. And it hurts my soul. <laughs> and when I see someone doing that or when I, or I get a library book and that's happened, like I just, ah, it's, it's tough. Um, but another thing is also like when you get a hard pack, hard back book, mm-hmm. I usually take the dust jacket off to protect mm-hmm. it. I yes. don't want to tear it. I don't want to get like smudges and whatever on it. So when I see people reading it with the dust jacket, I'm like, A, that seems like a little like clumsy. Like it looks like it's going to be, and B, you're going to mess that up. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful dust jacket.
1: I you know what, that's a good one because I feel the same way about that. I just think you're I, I don't even think you like reading if you have the dust jacket on. Exactly. You're faking it. You got you got a you got a magazine behind there that you're reading because no one reads with the dust jacket on unless you want people to see what you're reading. You're
0: right. They're reading smut. Behind that, yes, yes, yes. Harlequin
1: romance, yes. and you have like some great nonfiction up there, acting like you're getting your PhD.
0: We yep. see you, and we don't believe you. I was say, read your Harlequin romance and show it to the world. Own Put it. Put it out there. Yes, yes. <sighs>
1: dust jackets are to prevent dust. <laughs> Come on.
0: <laughs> exactly. Jeez. <laughs> well. Robert- How about uh, we move to some picks? Yes.
1: So we kind of did this a little different. We did things that we have been reading that's helping us get back into feeling like
0: ourselves in the reading world. Yes. And the biggest thing, honestly, for me with fiction was actually rereading some books. Um, And I was telling you about this, that uh, like somehow maybe the idea of not knowing what's going to happen in a book is is scary in a weird way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's I don't know. I was have I was really struggling with starting and stopping a lot of books, partly mm-hmm. because of attention, partly just because I just couldn't invest myself in something new. So finding something that I had already read. Uh, somehow it it, it it allowed me to get back into the act of reading and still get some joy of it because I knew where it was going, but I didn't remember all the details along the way. So mm-hmm. there was still some discovery. There was still some like surprises. Um, but yeah, so rereading was the way um, that I kind of worked through it. And, but here's the thing. When I decided I was going to reread something that I already owned, I looked through my library and I read some dark shit. And <laughs> there was there was not a light beach read to be had anywhere right. in my library so i had to determine what i could handle at this time and what's funny is the book that i found that got me past this is one that i've actually already recommended so i i know we're sort of breaking the rules in that right. way that's all right yes by you know re-recommending but i picked a book that i recommended in episode 28 which is called American War by Omar el Yes. And at, uh, at first glance, this is also extremely dark, and it doesn't seem like it would be a great way to get back into reading, but somehow it was. So if you remember, the, I'll just go over sort of the, the main plot. It's set in the far future when another civil war breaks out. Maybe because it's so far in the future, <laughs> I was able to just like think, okay, it's fine. Like I can handle 2020 right now, right? Think About 2075. I mean, I'll be dead by then. So it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So this time there's a civil war that's broken out between North and South over the use of fossil fuels and also this increasingly expansive divide between those that have and those that have not. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's one young woman who has to pack up her Louisiana home and move to a refugee camp in Mississippi And at that camp, a man radicalizes her to be a sort of freedom fighter for the South. And what's great is, I don't know about you, Erin, but when I reread something, I get a lot more out of it than the first time. And maybe because the first time I'm just tearing through it sometimes to get through the plots and I'm enjoying it so much. So this time around, I got a lot more out of it. I realized how carefully Omar El Akkad transplanted today's uh, forever war pretty much in the Middle East, every component of that. Um, the, you know, the, how other countries get involved and how there's this just nonstop thirst for revenge, this never ending vengeance cycle. Um, he transplanted it here and it makes it so much more. Uh, I, I got a lot out of it thinking about that. I also saw a lot of small moments that I hadn't picked up on last time. Um, And I I, I can't fully explain why this was the best thing I could read right now, but it was. Um, It's sort of broken through that uh, you know that frustration, that malaise that I had, Um, and maybe some of it's comparison. You know, like as bad as it is right now, we're not in an all-out civil war, so (laughs) at least not yet. True, true. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Perspective, you know. Right. Yeah. So, hey, if you you know if you like sort of dark books. And I I recommend it. I think that's a great
1: recommendation. You know, I one because rereading sometimes is amazing because you do find all this stuff that you maybe missed the first time or Mm
0: -hmm. you were busy
1: thinking about something else. So you get more immersed in it. And I you gave me this advice pretty early on when this all happened, and that's kind of where you started. Was like I'm going to reread some stuff and see if that helps. And I think that that was so such good advice because it's something we don't often think of like oh there's so much to read I don't want to you know not read something new but sometimes those ones that we
0: you know get so much out of we could just keep going back to and yes yes yeah. that said I could not return to the handmaid's tale again because there's just too much there's a lot yeah. of closeness yeah. and I, I don't yeah. like that so you know pick your mm-hmm. rereading carefully
1: yeah. I, yeah. That's probably good advice. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to really go too like pandemic-y right now. Like
0: all those people that were watching Contagion. Yes. What fact, are you doing? I started a book that's all about like people that have been quarantined for three years. And I'm like, oh my God, no, I can't, I can't handle this right now. No, no, no I'm out. I'm not, out. I'm out. No. I'm out.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 I agree with you. Well, the way that I started to get kind of get back into it and it's been um, going better is I went to short stories because I felt like I could get into smaller groups. You know, it wasn't a huge commitment. You know, I could kind of like push myself in a weird way, finish it. And so my recommendation in this episode is I have a subscription to um, the one story. So oh, yeah. if you go to onestory.com, they send you one short story a month in like this little paperback form. It's very small. Um, they're located in Brooklyn, New York and their whole mission is kind of to support and get out their short stories and authors that write them. And there is a wide range of authors. Some you've never heard of some you have heard of that public, you know, get published in one story, but every month you get one, you know, little and, Like I throw it in my purse a lot because I could read it in line somewhere or, but this, I've noticed that I went back, pulled all of those out and I just kind of have them out. And it's something that I can go to and I can get away for a minute and read, but I also don't feel like I'm so far lost in it that I can't, you know, get back and do something else if I need to. Yeah. So, I've really enjoyed that. Um like I said it, it's they it's a subscription service. So if you go to onestory.com you can subscribe and then they send you one a month. They also do some writing workshops and things like online writing workshops. Um but that actually this actually led me to what you were doing which is rereading
0: mm-hmm. and I
1: kind of started to reread some um classic young adult books oh, wow. with my kids. Because I was like, okay, I can reread this. I can get into it with them. So like Evan and I read, um, the house on mango street by Sandra Cisneros recently. How did did Evan like that? He loved it. it. And we had actually, he'd read it before too. So it was kind of something familiar we both did. And, um, the first time we read it, we, you know, we read it like out loud to each other. And this time we just read it at the same time and then talked about, you know, what we got out of it. So, and then with Mason, um, I did some Choose Your Own Adventure books, which oh. is perfect right now for yes. keeping his attention, you know, getting him kind of hooked in. And yeah, so that's been really fun. And it was a great way to jump off for me from the short stories and then go yes. to something else familiar. And, and I've noticed within the last week, couple of weeks that I, I picked up some other books and have started and felt a little bit more like my reading self again so
0: yeah also can I just take a moment and say like how incredible that is that how much you cultivate reading with your kids and you've done this for a long time but like I know you and Evan used to read things and then you'd ask him to write about it just like little short even Mm -hmm. letters did you call it about yeah yeah We used to
1: write post-it notes to each other. I would read ahead of him and write post-it notes and then he would comment on the post-it notes when he read it. Uh So it was kind of like, no matter where we were, we were, you know, reading together, even if, you know, I was reading in the morning and he was reading before bed or whatever it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and I think for them too, it's a weird time and they're trying to do school at home and do all these things. And so kind of like getting away from that a little bit was helpful. I could tell, you know, for Mason, Getting away from—he's in kindergarten, you know. So getting away from it being like this is how I read type of thing. Yeah. So, and and just be oh, someone's reading to me, and I can you know mm-hmm. offer things. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, if you are interested, this one story subscription, I would have recommended that at some point anyway,
0: because mm-hmm.
1: it's great to discover a new author. It's great to discover a new story. Um, you know, some of them I love, some of them I'm like eh, but that's fun too.
0: You yes. know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great suggestion. Well, you know, thinking about, like, other genre picks, um, I'm actually, I don't know, but I've been finding it easier to read nonfiction and memoir right now. And you're nodding along, so it's the same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have tried to figure out why that is, and I thought that maybe because some of these things are in the past, like, they've happened And they, the person writing about it has come out the other side and they've learned lessons or they've had a reckoning of some kind. So it feels Mm -hmm. like a complete story. And maybe because we're in the middle of this pandemic, we can't handle like incomplete stories or we can't handle, you know, like unknown. Yeah. Yes. Unknown. Yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. So a book that I just finished, um, that's super dark. I'll be honest. Um, But it's about a past event, and somehow that was okay to read right now, Um, besides the fact that it's a a killer book. And I got this recommendation from our interview with Kate Milliken. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I chose The Other Side by Lacey M. Johnson. And Kate had talked about it a little bit, and both you and I were just horrified, but also intrigued. And so I immediately had to get this. So when the memoir opens, Lacey is running out of an apartment with a steel bolt attached to her arm and then racing to the police station. And she reports that she was kidnapped, held in a soundproof cell, and raped by an ex-boyfriend who then fled the country and was never captured. So all of those facts are horrific. Um, But from there, Lacey writes about the relationship Um, how even before all this, there was some violence and there was some scary stuff, but she was in a situation where she couldn't see herself out of it. She couldn't find a way away from this guy. She couldn't find, she didn't have really a support system. She was very young. Um, Her, you know, her family wasn't uh, great. Um, So she writes about that, but then she also writes about the aftermath. Um, The kidnapping took place in two thousand. And the book was published in 2014. So she details, she's had some time in order to kind of see how she reacted to this and how it sort of, you know, had repercussions through her, the rest of her life. Like she rushed Mm -hmm. into a marriage. She was suffering from panic attacks. She was moving around constantly. She was getting married again. So there's that. And then she, she does talk about the actual event, too. So you get those details, but it's not until later in the book until you understand what this really meant to her. And mm-hmm. somehow that structure was also extremely, like, it was just gripping and it was easy to get into. Um, yeah. She writes beautifully. Um, and after reading, I remember that Kate Milliken said in our interview that after this book came out, Lacey was approached at a reading for this book, and a reader said, "Don't you wish that the guy had died, or, or something to that effect?" Yeah, wouldn't that be justice? And then Lacey wrote a book about that question, so that's going on my list too. I, I want to read that and see, you know, yeah. how you responded to that. Absolutely, um, yeah. I, I think this book will challenge you, but it 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 will still feel um, like something you can read during this time. If that makes sense. Wow. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, you've mentioned a couple times when we've been talking that you've been reading this and it was very good and yes. you were excited to share. So I, yeah, I put that on my list too. Cause I need to read it. Cause I do want to read the justice one too, but I feel like you got to read this one first. Yeah, so. for the context, yeah. For sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a great, great option. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So this, the non same thing as you, I feel like nonfiction has been a little easier and I'm actually going to recommend a book that I've had for a long time and I haven't read until now. And for whatever reason it was speaking to me. And so I read it during this time and, um, it's called burnout, the secret to unlocking the stress cycle by Emily Nagowski and her sister, Amelia. So if you remember, um, I recommended her Come As You Are in was- episode 35, Sex Stuff. Yeah, yes.
0: At point, didn't you mention this book
1: and that you had mm-hmm. it on list? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was published in 2019. So her and her sister got together and wrote it. And I'm going to read you the beginning. It's kind of like the blurb that they put out about it. It's inside the dust jacket. It's everywhere. And it just nails exactly what this book is about. So if you hear this and you think that, oh, I could use a book like that, you're right. This is it. So here, burnout. Many women in America have experienced it. What's expected of women and what it's really like to be a woman in today's world are two very different things. And when women exhaust themselves trying to close the gap between them, how can you love your body when every magazine cover has 10 diet tips for becoming your best self? How do you lean in at work when you're already operating at 110% and aren't recognized for it? How can you live happily and healthily in a sexist world that is constantly telling you that you're too fat, too needy, too noisy, and too selfish? Oh, my God. I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. So instead of telling you to ignore all these obstacles and just figure out a way to get through it, this book is like, here's how you fight back. Oh, shit. Here's how you don't buy into this shit. Here's how you can solve this for yourself, not by finding the perfect diet and finding the perfect job and having work-life balance, but by following you know, the inside and doing what you feel is right instead of following all these other things, expectations people are setting up for you. So I think it spoke to me now because we've talked about kind of this need to be productive all the time. Yes. and.
0: Yes. Which is feel like you're accomplishing
1: something? Yeah. And I was just struggling with that. And then I saw this on my bookshelf and I was like, man, I haven't gotten to that yet. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to. And I think that oddly it was the perfect time to read it because I think that some of the information, advice, the lessons in the book probably sunk in more now than I, if I was reading it during my normal life, you know, I think we, We hear about that all the time now, the new normal. Uh And I think I, now I'm starting to think about what do I want it to look like on the other side? Like this has been so different. What can I take from this? That is great. That I want to keep. Yeah. You know, I, I needed to slow down in a lot of respects. So what can I take and move forward? And there's just so much great stuff in this book and they've got actual like exercises that you can do just like income as you are little worksheets. Um, This is not like if self-help turns you off, that is not what this book is. This is like empowerment. Like I, I, almost didn't share it because I was struggling with a way to explain what it is without making it sound like some magic bullet. Like they're not selling it like that either. They're just saying like, Hey, let's all get on the same page and recognize that this is completely unrealistic across the board. Like you're fighting a game. You can't win because no one's ever telling you the rules until you get to the end. And then they're like, Nope, that wasn't it. And so it, it just, to me, it kind of reminds me of like anti-diet, the fuck it diet. Yes not in that it's specific necessarily to, you know, diet culture, but that's a part of it. And it's a part of the expectations that women have, not only for their bodies, but their professional life, their family life, what they should look like, what they should accomplish, what they should be in society. Um, so I I think it's great right now because our minds are kind of already focused on what the future is going to bring. So okay. this is, was like a great read to go, okay, you know what, I kind of I kind of want to reshape some things, So I'm actually, I'm rereading it. I'm doing your <laughs> suggestion. <Wow. laughs> right after I finished it, I started it again. Because I think I was I like, know. okay, I think I got the main part. But now I want to go through it again to really understand, you know, what are my pitfalls? And where am I kind of?
0: falling into these traps. And how can I not do that anymore? Well, that's a huge endorsement too, that you finished it and then immediately started again. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this is a book that you should buy on your own, because like I said, there's the worksheets and exercises, you know, that type of thing. So there's stuff you're going to want to write down and, and mark up and have probably. Um, So like, I would recommend it for that too. But it was, and it's um, very easy to understand. It's very accessible. And I already loved her writing from Come As You Are. So it was, yeah, it was an easy sell, but it's very well
0: done. Shit. Yeah. That's going on my list. Like I need to buy that right now. That's. Yeah. You're right, that paragraph, too, that described it, like, everything there. I was like, yeah,
1: yeah. 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 So, and then, like, they break down, they have some different lessons in the book, and, like, one of them is about how you can complete the biological stress cycle and return your body to a normal state of relaxation. How to manage the monitor in your brain that regulates the emotion of frustration how the bikini industrial complex makes it difficult for women to love their bodies and how you can defend
0: yourself <laughs> against it. Yes. It's great
1: timing. Cause we're headed into summer. So, you know, screw everyone that thinks that they have to get in a summer bod. Yes.
0: Yeah, spoiler alert. There is no summer body. It's just your body. And yeah, thank, yeah. thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. So there's some great, I mean, just killer stuff in there. And it's probably not anything that maybe in your best moment, you haven't thought like, okay, this is insanity. This is how it should be. But we don't really know how to like implement that or really complete it all the way. And I'm not a doctor and they are. So yes. So wait, both of the sisters are doctors. I, you know, now that I say that I do, I think she is, I think the sister is too. Yeah. actually, that's a
0: successful family.
1: She's, um, Emily's a PhD and Amelia is a DMA. Wow. Yeah.
0: So. Okay. Killing it in that family. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> what if, uh, when we collaborate on a book, because mm-hmm. you know, obviously, We're it, obviously yeah. uh, mm-hmm. what, what do you think we should uh, write about? I mean, so many options.
1: There's so many things. I think it's going to be like one of those books that no one's going to be able to sell because it doesn't go in a category. They're going to be like, well, there's a fiction part. And then they told a short story. And then there was a part about how not to be weird. And then there was a part about embracing your weird. And then there was a part of just random weird things that happened to them.
0: (laughs) I was just picturing a lot of lists of all the things we hate.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then there was the list section. So there you go. And then there were some really badly drawn
0: animations at the end. (laughs) Yes. Done. If there's not a category for this in publishing, there should be. We're going to make one. We're going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thinking for pop culture, uh, you know, at at first, you know, as this uh, quarantine sort of took hold, I was kind of finding the same thing as with books. I was rewatching old movies that I knew that I loved because I knew they were going to be slam dunks. You know, Mm -hmm. I wanted to revisit things that I knew I enjoyed. So I watched a lot of stand-up comedy, like John Mulaney, Seth Meyers, James Jumer, Leslie Jones, like all of those Netflix specials. If you're needing a laugh, just watch any of those. They're fantastic. Um, I also watched like comedies with funny women that I like, like Emma Stone and Amy Poehler, and those are always great too. Mm-hmm. But then I found something new that really sucked me in, and that was Little Fires Everywhere on Hulu. Yes. You talked about this briefly because this is one of those books that you love. So you're a little hesitant about getting into the show. Oh, and yes, I can yes. completely understand that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that uh, I knew this had the potential to be great. Um, so maybe in that way it sort of fell into the sure thing category. So I was less like afraid to try it. Because sure. it's Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington. Mm-hmm. And both of them are fantastic. Um, but also both of them in their like professional lives are prioritizing women led stories and yes. I just kind of support that. And I thought that's so cool. This show too, I found out like they, they chose, I think almost all women directors, writers, like they have a very diverse writer's table. So they really like are putting their, you know, their priorities out there and then following up with them. Which is awesome. Yeah. And so this was based on a book by Celeste Ng. Um, Mm -hmm. And it is 1997 in Shaker Heights, Ohio, and Reese Witherspoon is Elena Richardson, who is an upper middle class, middle aged white woman with four kids. And she is the kind of woman that insists that she doesn't see color Mm -hmm. and that she earned everything that she has and that she's just being a good mom when she pokes her nose into other people's business. Yes, And then Carrie Washington is Mia Warren, who is a black woman artist with a teenage daughter who is constantly moving from city to city. And at first you're not understanding why, but at the beginning they've moved to Shaker Heights. So Elena rents a house to Mia and their kids start hanging out. And from there, there's all these like little and big moments that build up to this massive reckoning on race, class, motherhood, And and from the first scene, you see that this whole story is going to culminate in Elena's house burning to the ground. So there's mysteries of, like, who did this fire? Like, why does Mia keep moving around? What are Elena and Mia hiding? Mm -hmm. So I think it's just plain good drama. Mm -hmm. um, But also these incredibly, like, nuanced discussions that are happening Um, and in some ways you see how we as a society have moved on from this, but also you see so many ways that we have not, that this is Uh very, very relevant. And, you know, Aaron, I will say that I watched a few behind the scenes things after finishing the show Uh and they did say specifically, they changed the ending from the book. Uh So I, I do wonder like, you know, if, if that will affect your viewing as well. You know? Yeah.
1: Well, first, I want to point out how awesome we are as a podcast that's still going because I recommended this really early on in our podcast mm-hmm. episodes. And I think I said, oh, yeah, Reese Witherspoon's making a show, and we're still on the air when that show is
0: Yeah, after. we are.
1: So yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> and yes, that has been part of my hesitation, but also my interest because I do want to see how it matches up and how yeah. they did that. I know you and I talked about this. Celeste Eng has was a big part of. The production and writing of it which gave me a lot of like okay i do need to watch this yes. because you yes. know authors are generally very protective and want that to be great and she definitely gives that impression in all of her social media and and publicity that yeah. she felt yeah. really good about it and yeah you know, and
0: in this uh, behind the scenes that i was watching they, they did talk to her and she's like, yeah, I, I really liked what they did with the ending and I really liked this. Oh, so, good. Yeah. And she also talked about that there are some like storylines that were just sort of hinted at in the book, but in the show, they had the space and the time to really dig into it. And she really Ooh. liked it. So.
1: Okay. Well, then yeah, yeah I think you might've convinced me.
0: Oh boy. Well, <laughs> shit. Don't blame me if you watch it and then you hate it.
1: Oh no, I will. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just kidding. I will Fair, Fair enough. Okay. Yeah.
1: So in a, in a super, like another weird ride or die moment, um, the pop culture that I picked for today was, uh, John Mulaney's standup. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, how good is John Mulaney's standup? They're so good. And Mike and I watched all three of them. The first one was out in 2012, and it's still hilarious. Like, it's the best. It's so funny. And then there's one from 2015 and one from 2018. And they're all amazing, and they're all hilarious. And I laughed so hard, and it was such a great departure and break. And I was going to say that, too, that it led to a bunch of other stand-up. We've been watching, like, uh, Michael Che has one on there. We watched Seth Meyers again. You know, just there's something about comedy that's helpful and it kind of takes you away for a minute. And maybe you feel like you don't have to concentrate that hard to get it. You're just kind of along for the ride and it's hilarious. And John Mulaney, I feel like is a good one because like everybody finds him funny. I mean,
0: yes. And uh, I think my favorite is the most recent one the, the radio yes. city music hall, because there's a huge part about stranger danger for us kids growing <laughs> up in the seventies and eighties. And if you had any <laughs> memory of that, it is fantastic so yeah so good
1: yeah so good yeah and i love comedy like that where they take something that everybody has this collective experience but no one's really put it in that category of how like out of body and weird that actually was you know it was great terrific
0: and i think um, with all the comedians that you mentioned and i mentioned too there there's definitely like discussion of our political environment and some of the you know terrible shit that's going on but it's packaged in such a way that you're like okay it's okay I can laugh at it yay yeah I love and
1: I remember that but when we rewatched Seth Meyers I love that in his most recent special he says okay there's a button that's going to appear at the bottom of your screen and you can skip this part if you want because I'm going to talk about politics and like a little menu option pops up that says skip politics and you can just go to the next like start of his next set Yes, like, That is hilarious in and of itself. Yeah, Of course I didn't skip it because I of have to do everything I... that Seth Meyers says. But... No,
0: you would never like, yeah. I also, you know, I've been taking some uh, uh, joy in, because some of the late night hosts have done like versions of at home shows yeah. and they're doing like remote interviews and stuff. And Seth Meyers is doing his home stuff from a weird attic with a tiny little door that he yes. keeps like remarking about, but he's like, don't know what's behind it kind of thing. And then there's like yes. the copies of the thorn birds next to him. And it, he's like, yep, there's, they just keep multiplying because it's an attic. And that's how like, so there's so many more elements of him that I love. Yes. I, the first one I tuned into, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> what's happening here. I like it. <laughs> he also did a remote interview with John Mulaney recently. He did.
1: So, you yeah. sent me the clip and I loved him even more because he talked about real high lives of New York. Sure and- yeah. There's another way into my heart. It's Real Housewives. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that's another great way to get some pop culture right now. If you're kind of maybe movies, documentary stuff too much, great. Watch yeah. a stand-up
0: special. Yes.
1: Tons of them on Netflix. You can't go
0: wrong. Great choice. Yes. And then I also recommend following uh, Netflix is a joke on Instagram because it has little clips of a lot of comedy specials, and that's just a nice quick hit of That funny. is
1: a nice quick hit. Yeah. Well, and it's a great way to find out um, comedians you might not have heard of because sometimes until they get big and then you go back and watch their specials, like you might be able to get in on something earlier,
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know,
1: giving and giving, giving and giving. Yes. So good at
0: this. (laughs) Positive (laughs) affirmation. (laughs) Should we just talk for a few minutes about how great we are? I just, think so. I think yeah. that's warranted. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. seems good. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, we've been doing this a year, killing it, killing it, <laughs> hell and end. By now, all the listeners have stopped and just thrown their yeah. phones away. Like, they're they're like like, we got all alive. the
1: recommendations. you You don't want to hear yeah. the end part. This is where this is like if they had a skip button, like <laughs> Seth Meyers, skip ending. People would probably do it every time. They're like, they can never land the plane ever. It just burns up in the air. <laughs> we never promised we could land planes. No, I don't even know why you got on this plane. Yeah. There's no passengers. <laughs> what are you
0: doing? And little tiny ass seats no one can fit in anyway. So why are we on this plane? Yeah. I'm not giving you peanuts. Nope. Or pretzels. No. Nope. Or those now, two, it, waffle things that sometimes. Yeah. I eat. Yeah. yeah. Okay, those little this, waffle. This, yeah, this,
1: that took a oh,
0: weird. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that some of our picks have helped you through. Yeah. getting back into reading, getting back into pop yeah. culture. And hey, maybe, you know, maybe some of our listeners have tips as well for how they're getting through their own sort of block about reading. And if you do, we'd love to hear them.
1: Yeah that's out that would be fantastic
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but you know in the meantime if you're wanting to go through some of our old picks or you want to reread some stuff you can always find that on our website sure. with and all the show notes and things that we've talked about so that's a great reference for you if you're looking for a movie or a tv show or a great book a nonfiction read
0: it's all there it is do it and soon listeners soon erin and i will be in the same room again i and- hope it's very soon and we'll record on real microphones again, and we'll just stare into each other's eyes. And There'll be
1: just one episode of nothing of us just <laughs> staring at each other. And just like
0: shuffling where we're touching each other.
1: Yeah, yeah, just like, oh, I'm touching her hair. Touching oh, her. no, yeah. this is her clavicle. Got I got her elbow. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: oh, I touched her
0: eye. Oh, there it is. Oh, okay,
1: oh, oh now it's uh, kind of blind, okay. kind of poked her eye. Okay. <laughs> it's
0: going to be great, listeners. It's going to mm-hmm. be great. But it's going to so be great. Happy reading. I'm up again. Same night. Another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open? The dreams are, they're in me, and they're, they're coming out of me, and... Talk to me. I am, I am not broken. broken. I am the most whole. Most real. ...cause their despair. I ...cause their despair. I, cause their despair. I, wait despair. The I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Which? Witch. Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor, the final evidence, the heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You, you, you hear me? Wherever you are, whatever this is, you. This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just. It's just fact. <laughs> because now this is this is some sort of record what are these dreams? (laughs) Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, And your favorite podcast platform. That's W Y R D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.